0: I'm Ryan Castle, and it is Super Bowl Showtime.
1: Oh. Uh, can you feel it? Feel that in your soul? If this song doesn't get you pumped up, if this song doesn't make you want to run through a wall, it makes me
0: at least want to like run out to the 45-yard line and catch an over-the-shoulder shoestring catch. 100%. Something like that. And yeah. as a company man, I feel proud to be able to represent as a member of Fox Sports. and This say, is our roots. This might be. Yeah, right. Yeah. This is our roots. This is exactly where we came this from. This is
1: where we met. This is where we became friends. Yeah, Working yeah. Working in this studio on Sundays. Absolutely. And to this day, I still think it might be the best football theme that we have. One thousand percent. Well, I'm obviously impartial to the autumn wind. For a lot of reasons.
0: That brings me to this. As much as we love what that brings to the table,
1: what does this do to your soul? Did you dial
0: this up for me? It's not the autumn wind. You're just saying it now because you're comparing it to the autumn wind. This makes me want to go out in the sludge and rain and run a halfback draw into like 350 pound linemen with two bars on their front helmet. Linemen were barely over 200 pounds back in the day. I know, but in my fantasy, they're the biggest dudes on the planet and I'm taking on them. Headstrong. I'm just saying, this song makes me think hard-nosed football at its finest. Alright, I'm gonna do this for you. Just because I think it's awesome. It's probably the most respectable
1: thing about the Raiders organization. That's not true. However, I will say this. A only the Raiders could pull off having a poem as their anthem and have you feeling just so jacked, so right. pumped
0: up. I don't think only they could. I think just only they did. And uh, that too immediately. I don't want to make our Super Bowl up. special too I'm much actually, about the Raiders. It shouldn't Raiders be about the Raiders
1: back. Because the Raiders in the Super Bowl, yeah, are they don't pretty mix. Much on Not since ends. 1984. However, 2001. Shut up. Yes. However, was the last time they won? 2002, actually but they didn't win since 84. I don't think so. Yeah, exactly. But you're a Dodger fan so we could go back and have that conversation too.
0: You know, this is the wrong year to try to talk smack <laughs> on my sports teams, okay? <laughs> because it is the Super Bowl edition of the three things we got to talk about podcast. And guess who is finding themselves in the big dance? My bad boy, Niners, which of course is the reason... Well, that's not the reason. I mean, I wanted to get another episode. It's episode 13, which is a milestone in its own, I think.
1: It's a lucky number.
0: Yeah. And we haven't ever discussed sports on this podcast, which... We kind of have. Not really. You no. and I did our first... We've talked way more about 90s R&B than we have anything that's sports true, related. That's true, but if you remember... We did this the Bad Sports Fan Hall of best, Fame. Bad Sports And fans. that was about it. So now, it being the biggest week of the sports year in Super Bowl Sunday, just around the corner, I think it's... Perfect timing for us to do the Super Bowl Sunday edition of the Three Things We Gotta Talk About podcast. And if I'm gonna get sportsy, I gotta go with my old Fox Sports news desk hombre, my Staple Center Lakers fan interviewee, Smack Talk. Fellow Smack we had Talk that. participant. The guy I like to talk shit about sports with more so than anybody else Juan Hernandez. Aw, oh,
1: I'm honored. How about that? In the building. I like that.
0: So we're usually coming from either the Castle Tower or the Castle Dungeon. This is the first episode and from the Wano Three? Tower. Yeah, what do we call it? The Wano this Tower? This is the
1: tower. I instinctively started
0: calling it the tower. Was it, it because of the castle tower? Did
1: it influence the decision there at all? No. It's it is a bit of a tower. It it's, overlo- it's a tower. This yeah. is a legitimate tower, that's why. We're on the top floor of a beautiful old Hollywood apartment that I'm really excited about. We're I'm looking, looking at the Knickerbocker right out the window. The it is a fantastic view at-
0: of downtown. I'm excited to come in the city out here with you. So where better to start? then Super Bowl Sunday, just around the corner. Do you know what that means? It means we gotta talk about at least three things. We got some things we gotta talk about. So I think it's about that time we toss it up to the rundown. And we get into thing number one. Thing number one. Oh wait, did I just steal the sound effect from you? I'll play both. Number one. You actually may be better than the deep voice sound effect. That was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I'll i give got you respect it. to that. So I'll what's wait. our first thing? Overrated, underrated, properly rated. Ooh, I know exactly what it's Super is Bowl
1: edition. Yes.
0: Yes. So we got, like, let's lay this on the line right out the gate. Okay. We got a lot of things we got to talk about with a Super Bowl Sunday. At so least three. We're going to divide it into three subjects. Super Bowl Sunday is an experience that everybody is very familiar with.
1: It's a From, national holiday.
0: Yeah, arguably it battles Easter for the most legendary Sunday of the year.
1: Wait, hold on. Easter for the most legendary Sunday. Are there any other that's big Sundays? Those are the two. Those are the main two that are battling it, it up. Sunday. I Unless usually don't
0: even know Master Sunday's happening until it's like happening. Unless it's on Easter around. Sunday. Not even. Because that
1: happens sometimes.
0: Everybody knows that Super Bowl is happening. Everybody knows what they're gonna do, where they are, where they were when Super Bowls were happening. I don't know exactly when we got to this point when it became a national holiday, but it's treated basically like a national holiday. It really is. It is Super Bowl Monday should be... Should be a day off. Yeah, Yeah, okay, I can get with you on that. Point is, we all know the experience that uh, Super Bowl Sunday brings. So what we're gonna run through right now is the various experiences that Super Bowl Sunday brings and determine if they are overrated, underrated, or properly rated. Properly rated. Having a Super Bowl party. Overrated, underrated, properly rated.
2: Hmm.
0: I'll say attending
1: a Super Bowl party. I'm in two camps on this one. One time in my lifetime where my team played in the Super Bowl, I made damn sure not to go to a Super Bowl party. That's the one when the Raiders got blown up by the Buccaneers? That is the one where the Raiders got absolutely trucked they by got the bucks they got grudened. they got smoked yeah um it was not a fun day i think i had one or two friends that came over to my place uh, we watched the game with my dad and it was not enjoyable oh my god that sounds like the worst super bowl it, party ever l- it know, wasn't a party know, it knowing, wasn't a party yeah. it wasn't meant just to be a party knowing super bowl the result party, knowing you when you watch your team get smoked uh, yeah it sounds like yeah. I, I just wanted at that point to be sequestered i wanted to be partitioned off from any super bowl madness i knew all i wanted to do was sit down, focus on that game with my dad. I cannot imagine how horrendous that experience would have been if, if I had, had been surrounded by a bunch of bandwagon, bandwagon Yahoo's, or just random a bunch people
0: who decided they were Bucks yeah, fans just that a ran, day. A, just a bunch of ra- random
1: people who just don't generally yeah. watch
0: the sport. Right. And, and like... so basically, your so your answer to this is: if you have a dog in the fight. Solitary confinement. Don't do a Super Bowl party. If you don't care about who's in the game, don't do a Super Bowl party. Don't do Super Bowl parties. Even with it when you don't care about who's in it, you're not
1: in the Oh if you if you don't care about who's in it, yeah. Go. But even then I've caught myself at some Super Bowl parties because a Super Bowl party is such a social thing, right? Like you're around a bunch of people who for the most part don't actually appreciate or know or even like football. Yeah. And if you somehow find yourself getting caught up in the game, That's a recipe for disaster if you're surrounded by all those people. It
0: depends on how invested in the game you become. I would say, though, because it's the Super Bowl and it's it's the one game of the year that there's so many other people that want to get in on the festivities with you, I think, uh, yeah, if somebody wants to throw a good Super Bowl party, I'm all for it. I don't necessarily want to be the one responsible to throw it, but if I have a neighbor down the street that's like, yeah, I'm having people over, got my big screen, we're going to have food drinks. I'm there. I watch the game there. I've had times when I had to work at places that were not ideal for watching football. So when I have the opportunity to go to a good Super Bowl party, I'm with it. I'm down. Okay. So I would so but, so we
1: didn't rate them though. Oh. That's right. That was the point of the game, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Um Super Bowl parties, underrated, overrated, properly rated. You I, know what? Just because I'm gonna say I can understand both sides of the coin, properly rated. That's
0: a hard proper rated to me. Properly rated. Like, I don't- I definitely don't think it's underrated. It's, it's, it's not underrated. Cause everybody knows that it's happening. It's not happening, underrated. So yeah. It's no. not it's, it's an easy. That's an easy one. It's properly that's rated. That's an easy properly rated. Okay. Let's, let's move on to the next one. Hot wings. I'm gonna just jump in there because you're hesitating. Overrated for me. I love the taste of some buffalo chicken. Can we get the bones out of that? Can we get all the disaster that is consuming them? I shouldn't need nine napkins in the vicinity for me to enjoy a piece of chicken. Yeah. I'm with you. Way too many bones. You're selling way me Way too on much sauce. You're selling me. When people that are really into wings, they're always just like, yeah, you just go after it. You don't care. I'm like, I don't yeah. want sauce all over my face. Yeah. I don't want to have to have my entire arms all the way up to my elbows doused in whatever sauce has been overly applied it's... to the wings. If you had a boneless bite right there, I
1: would have popped that in my mouth. It would have been delicious. And I would have been done with it 18. And you know what? I paused because I didn't really know what to make about it because hot wings are delicious. They're incredible. However, they're never as good as boneless. Never. Never as good as boneless, no. right? Boneless place. is the jam. Yeah. In bone wings, they're messy. So messy. They're messy and they take effort. I have never understand the logic of the people who get on you for not just completely cleaning the bone on a wing. Oh, people love to get on right? wing Right? Wing connoisseurs love to attack cleans you. cleans the bone. Here's the thing, I don't look at you As some kind of evolved human for doing that, I actually think that's a very primal way of eating food. You
0: always have those guys at a Super Bowl party be like, ah, feed a whole nation in Africa with the amount of meat you left on that bone. Get after that. Well, You wouldn't do that that for anything. If a guy left the crust of a sandwich, you wouldn't come after him like, ah, come on, there's still plenty of bread left over there. Look at that, it's half a tomato. That only happens with wings. We need to get rid of that guy. It's one of those food items that has way too much pride with those who excel in consuming it. Okay, so, so chicken wings? Under overrated. overrated,
1: overrated, overrated. We're on the same page.
0: All right, let's get a little sportsy now. You ready? Let's get into a little football now. People have waited long enough. Having one Super Bowl ring, referring to players, Once Super Bowl has not won. two, not three. No, that's just what? one. Overrated, properly rated, underrated, underrated.
1: Okay, having one Super Bowl ring can change our entire perspective. Now that I'm in my 30s, I like recognize. You know, we grew up thinking that's like the pinnacle and that's what you work for your whole life. Man, I look back on it now I'm like, that's kind of sad to think that I peaked at 24 years old. I might actually argue right? that it's professional athletes
0: that make us think that you're supposed yes. to be in your prime. They 100% In do. your 20s and, so, and early 30s. Exactly, and so where I'm
1: going with this is that's the only thing that anybody looks at, right? So you have those maybe 10 years, even though the average NFL career is what, three and a half years, I think, to win one ring. And you could be Dan Marino, one of the all-time greats, never won a ring. Or you could be Trent Dilfer, won one ring, this guy's still cashing checks from ESPN. Yep,
0: that's all it took. I might actually go overrated on this one. I think a lot of players uh, getting that one ring has completely bailed them out. From a lifetime of being the Dan Marino. That's why I'm
1: saying it's underrated. You're saying it's underrated. That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying saying that single accomplishment changes everybody else's perspective, and therefore I would imagine it changes your own perspective of everything that you worked for. Now I'm sure Dan Marino was really psyched about his career and everything like that, but he's the the penultimate. You have that conversation of who are the greatest of all times. You think, yeah, but he didn't.
0: Especially because
1: he got, the only Super Bowl he got to was his rookie year.
0: Think about it this way, you peaked at 22. Let's bring in today's perspective. Everybody right now, as Pat Mahomes is heading into his first Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. is saying, Pat Mahomes, I can't tell you how many times this week I've heard, he's the best player in football right now. And he's earning it, but if he loses this game, imagine he never even gets to the Super Bowl again. That was Dan Marino. That pants. He made it his rookie year. Everybody must have been saying at that time, "Uh, Dan Marino, he's gonna have plenty of them. He's gonna have
1: like two or three of these by the time he's done. Never even
0: sniffed the big game again.
1: I know the prompt was one Super Bowl ring, but one guy we were just talking about who just retired, it's Eli Manning. Mm -hmm. Eli Manning won two, but outside of those two Super Bowls, the perception is that his career was very underwhelming, but he's the guy who took two Super Bowl rings from Tom Brady. You're right. And so my point is that, that accomplishment of winning even just one ring it overcomes so much. And in fact, I would throw another guy in the hat that one ring buys him so much good graces across the board, not even just him as an athlete, but even him as a person. Aaron Rodgers. Definitely. One ring. They would be talking about it every year. Exactly. When's he going to get the big because one? Because he won that one ring, it got the mm-hmm. monkey off his okay. back.
0: We did the same thing with Peyton Manning. I'm going to agree with you on this because. Eli Manning, you take away his two magical runs where he ended up knocking off, just not just anybody, but the vaunted Patriots, and for a long time was the only one to do so, is discussed in the Hall of Fame discussion. Mm-hmm. You take away those two playoff runs, and I understand you can't do that, but and you he's take him away. Younger brother. He's Peyton's younger brother that was never really very good. He was a very just mediocre quarterback Mm -hmm. for the majority of his career. But we all have to acknowledge those two Super Bowls and because of that, he has Hall of Fame talk. And you know what? I wouldn't
1: even be surprised if he got in. To the opposite side of that, we go to uh, Aaron Rodgers, who gets thrown into the GOAT conversation Mm -hmm. and it's like, ah, passing the eye test. When we talk Dodger baseball, Right? Here's, here's my, my, my thing with Dodger baseball. you going to find time, a right? way to work Dodger baseball in every You know, every, every my point, being somebody who grew up hating that team, you always have an intuition. You always have a gut instinct about them. Just like this game coming up right here, the Chiefs are the Dodgers of the NFL. The Chiefs find a way to blow it when it most counts. My gut tells me Niners are going to win this game just because the Chiefs won't win it. Because they never do. In their five, six decades, in existence, they always find a way to blow it. I don't look at the Chiefs as a team that always
0: blows it because they've you just don't? never been a team that's very good. That's not true. They've been like a decent no. team, but they've never been like a Super Bowl caliber no, no, team. No, 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 absolutely not. Back don't in the even 90s, bring up Marcus Allen. Marcus I know, Allen and Joe I know. Montana. Right. He was over
1: the hill by that point. That's not he
0: a, but, wasn't close to bringing a most Super Bowl once he was on the Chiefs.
1: They definitely played in at least one AFC championship. They got to game. maybe one. At they were getting one.
0: trained by the at Bills at one. that time. Yeah, They've always been a good team. I can never remember the Chiefs being like a bad team. Your po- my point, But your I don't remember them the being thing. a team that blew it in the big game. They've just not been the, good enough to get over the Your an
1: point and my point are the same thing. Your gut instinct about the Chiefs has always been, yeah, they're. They're yeah, okay. They're they're good. But they never the pieces to be a but super bowl. But they team. won't win it all. Here's my and com- my point is being somebody who grew up rooting against the Chiefs my entire life. I've never actually felt threatened that they would then go out and win a ring.
0: This is why this game on Sunday is the most important game in Chiefs history because right now, for the first time, probably in their existence. They have all the pieces to be a Super Bowl champion, and they steamrolled their way there after falling behind the last two games. They completely trounced both their opponents by looking like the best team in the NFL this year. The Niners, I think, look like the best team in the NFL. That might be a little bit of bias on my part in seeing that, but I'm seeing the best team. These are two juggernauts that are about to run head on, but what I'm getting at is... If the Chiefs find a way to blow us, especially if say the Chiefs get up twenty-one to three and then blow it, then everything you're saying becomes that much more magnified because then they will become the team let me that blows that, it in the big game. Let
1: me let me rewind it. Especially say, with Andy Reid. Yeah, I can see that. I, I guess I guess the way I'm looking at it is again like my gut instinct has always said, I don't care how good the Chiefs are, they're just not gonna pull it off. All just right, well, like I don't care. If Clayton Kershaw wins 30 games, he's going to blow it in Game 7. Yeah, I know. You're going to make Series. this about
0: Kershaw. And, uh, Look, and, uh, I hope I, they do blow this one, but I don't think it's going to be because of the anything they do wrong. I just think the Niners are going to just bring their game. Their I defense hope the Niners are going to chase Mahomes game. all over the field. I hope the Niners bring their A game. Their running I... game is going to be as solid as it's been, and they're going the to run are... them. On... It's the going Niners... to be a tight game. I don't think they're they're going to anybody's going to dominate anybody. But this is the toughest matchup I think the Niners will face all year, and they have had the toughest schedule that I've ever seen an NFL team face. I don't think face. anything
1: could be tougher for the Niners than playing the Seahawks. What do you mean? just those two those teams. Those two teams I wanted to see for each other. And I
0: wanted to that for that reason I actually wanted to see the Seahawks play them in the mm-hmm. NFC Championship. I was a little bummed to see them now. I felt like we were due I was a little bummed too. I was we were due for around three of that. Too. But they gave us but, Aaron Rodgers who can't, yeah, hit, moving, you can't hang with the moving his defense.
1: first moving first down markers will do that to yeah. you.
0: No, but this is gonna be the toughest matchup the Niners have, but you know what? I got confidence in my boys. Yeah. We're gonna run through these next ones real quick. We gonna okay? We're gonna get we're go lighting. Right? But I do wanna make one more person known. If Drew Brees and Sean Payton didn't have their one Super Bowl ring, they would be looked at as the biggest joke Yeah, they'd be in the kind of More of like, so. With the, with the absolutely phenomenal way that they found to blow their last yeah. couple years in the postseason. Which is why I'm saying just You're having right. that the one ring. The term was underrated. I think we both agree on that one. Underrated, having one ring, it validates a player possibly more so than anything should. Lightning round, here we go. Playing squares, Super Bowl Sunday. Overrated sucks. Underrated. If you don't have a dog in a fight, it's the best way to watch a football game. No, you're you wrong. You play all this math of how the scores can change yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah, everything. And yeah, 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 yeah. No. I only do it on Super overrated. Bowl Sunday. And I mean, overrated. Everybody
1: only does it on Super Bowl Sunday. That's why it's, it's so still overrated. It's great. It sucks. Hard disagreement there. Super Bowl commercials. I'm going to say I'm really torn on this one. I'm going overrated.
0: I just think that we've gone too far with it. Everybody knows what's on the line with the Super Bowl commercials how much it costs. It's almost become an impossible measure to actually live up to. And we're dealing with a 30 second spot that's supposed to both sell its product, make everybody laugh, grab all the attention of the room. It's just asking so much for a 30 second spot for a company that's also trying to sell something. It's almost become virtually impossible to live up to all the expectations of Super Bowl Sunday commercials. And uh, most of them don't. And then I can't tell you the last time I've heard a Super Bowl Monday where everybody wasn't saying, the commercials suck this year. I didn't even like any of them. Like it's, even though there were plenty of good ones, if it was in a normal Sunday, everybody would have probably been super stoked for the whatever commercials.
1: And here's the thing, this is why I'm torn on it because you're right. The spectacle of Super Bowl commercials, overrated. However, everybody brings their A game. Pepsi brings their A game. Coca-Cola brings their A game. Budweiser brings their A game. It's like the advertisement Olympics. Chevrolet yeah. brings their A game. It's the and advertisement so, Super Bowl. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the Super Bowl of commercials. So it is as, fun to see. Well. It's fun so, to see. But I would say, in that sense, it's properly rated because those businesses, they bring out their A game and whatever messages they want to deliver to the masses because that's where they know they're going to get the biggest audience. That's where they get the biggest return on their marketing budget. And so, therefore, they, they just, they bring it. However, the fact that it's a spectacle that somehow matches the game itself, that's where it's like. No, it shouldn't overshadow. I don't know. All right, hot chicks
0: who don't like football at the Super Bowl party. Hmm. Overrated, underrated, properly rated.
1: I don't know that I have a take on that one. I don't really know what It's to hard say. to put in a perspective It's of hard to overrated, put in a perspective. Yeah. Right, you go to any Super Bowl party, there's, um...
0: I think that is another one that depends the, on how into the game am I. Yeah, yeah. Am the whi- I there? If, if it, if my nanners on the game, yeah. like, hey, I, I'm not here to get distracted. Exactly. If it's the game. Vikings and the Browns, <laughs> just kidding, right? That would clearly never happen. The white claws are flowing, but, but yeah, <laughs> if that fairy tale Super Bowl happened and a free seltzer, yellow, yellow shots. shots, yeah.
1: White claws, everybody's having a good time. Super Bowl Sunday is definitely a good time. It's a good social opportunity when you're not it's yeah. a good socializing opportunity. Sounds Met like you wanna go something. underrated on this. Yeah, maybe. Hey. Maybe. You know, most most Super Bowls I don't have any say, skin in the game. I'll say I'll say, so, pro- I'll say properly rated. Hot chick is a hot chick. Hot chick is a hot chick. i know, feel like, it, we, it, we it is. two thumbs up on yeah, the- Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm happy, I'm happy
0: to see him. I don't need to talk football with him.
1: Okay, cool.
0: As long as they're at the party, it's fine. I like it. You just called out Jello shots. I feel
1: like you got an opinion on this. Jell-O shots, do I have an opinion? I don't like vodka, so there's that. Yeah, but it tastes like Jello. It's like, I do like Jello, so that puts me firmly
0: in the middle. I'll say underrated. If I didn't feel like I was eating everybody's jello shots, I would sit there and eat a whole tray. If I could. That's true. Because I can eat jello all day. Underrated. And if I can get a buzz on jello,
1: phew, let's go. Underrated. Super Bowl Jell-O Sunday, shots here we come. Wearing football jerseys. Oh, God. Wano's list of pet peeves for grown men. You really hate guys I really. football jerseys. I will not say that I've never worn a football jersey. Um, I am very intentional about which ones I have worn. And It's a very specific matter for me. It's a very specific matter for me. I just, I don't get the logic of showing up to an event or to a bar dressed up in the garb of your team. It's one thing if it's something that's understated. If it's one article of clothing just that just has your team's logo on it, that's one thing. When you're wearing Green Bay Packer socks, Green Bay Packer ugly Christmas sweater, and a Green Bay Packer uh, scarf, and then you're drinking out of a Green Bay Packer mug.
0: It Sounds like you're a Green Bay Packer fan. I... Hate you hate that? Records. Okay. I mean, I mean, is it because
1: if we had changed all that to Raiders, would you have been okay with all that I show? think that that's just as ridiculous. Okay. We're your one article, your one thing. I just, I don't like jerseys. People so you go are overrated. not playing in the game. I'm just not a fan, I'm
0: gonna say so overrated. So Alright, mine is very simple. Is the jersey relevant to the game? Properly rated. 100% if it's that. N- If it's not relevant to the game? Yeah, yeah. Super overrated.
1: Don't be the Cleveland Indians fan who shows up to a New York Giants Baltimore Ravens game, wearing Cleveland Indians gear. New York Giants Baltimore—that's a completely different sport. I know. Yeah, that's the point. I, people I, do I that. agree with
0: you. As a people Cleveland Indians fan, I would agree. That would—that would be people. People show up.
1: People st- stupid. For it. some reason, show up to events wearing their team's colors and their team's gear. Yeah. Uh, when their team's not on the court or the field or even in the same damn league, sometimes. Yeah. That blows me away. I do want to just give this one quick story. When I
0: was working at Shark's Cove back in the day, we used to work. We were next to Hennessy's. I bartended every Sunday one year. The bar next to us, they clearly were told, you wear football jerseys on Sundays. And both bartenders that were always there happened to always wear Colts Peyton Manning jerseys. And this was long after Peyton Manning had been on the Colts. So it was clear that that was just the football jersey they had. Mm-hmm. And so that was like, what the, oh, they told us were football jerseys. I have a Colts Peyton Manning jersey, so I put it on. They wore it every Sunday, both of them. I just looked at it as a sports fan, and I was like, you just killed the entire validation of your bar as a sports fan. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't take you seriously, especially the fact that you're there wearing that every week. That was embarrassing to me, so. That was super overrated. Um, real quick, this one will be just like basically a one word answer. Just the entire Super Bowl week. Oh, Super Bowl week? Overrated. Doesn't need to be a full week, I'm sorry. The fact that everybody is checking out what's happening? Mm-hmm. Properly rated. If, if it's getting ratings, if everything they're doing is rating, and eh, it's fine. Whatever. People want to look at it. I feel bad for the players. I gotta think that there's a lot of players in there that are like, shit man, I'm just trying to play a football game. Mm-hmm. I don't, why do I need to do 9,000 interviews this week and like do a segment and like pick Cinnamon Toast Crunch or Honeycombs, you know, like whatever the fuck they're making them do that week? Like they gotta do a bunch of crazy, ridiculous stuff. Especially if you're like the quarterback for the team. Yeah. I love that you just made the argument for it being overrated. I did, but it's properly rated because like, that's what the Super Bowl is. Okay. It's the biggest moment of the year that sports has to offer. And there's not a whole lot else going on in the sports world that week. So what else are we going to talk about? We're going to overanalyze the shit out of this game. That's and We're going to make fun things out of it. No, it's just, yeah. Okay.
1: That's
0: what it is. That's Super Bowl week. All right. All right, so that I think concludes this round. Overrated, underrated, and properly rated. I think it's finally time to get into thing number two.
1: Thing number two.
0: That was really good. <laughs> you should
1: look into a career as <laughs> doing
0: uh, movie preview guy. Number two. And it is time for unpopular opinions Super Bowl edition. Mmm. I'm gonna go ahead and kick us off. I like that. I would explain it, but I feel like it's gonna be self-explanatory once we get into it. It's so an I'm unpopular un- opinion. About- no, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Pete Carroll throwing on second and one. Not a bad play call. I think it was first in I goal. looked it up. Seahawks had one timeout, second and goal, one After yard to go. This has almost unanimously been decided was like the worst call in Super Bowl history. Yeah. People lawed over it as the main reason the Seahawks lost that game and gave the Patriots another Super Bowl and they were like, we got Marshawn Lynch, how do you not just plow into the end zone? It's
1: not the most in-depth understanding of the game to say, oh, you just hand the ball off to Marshawn Lynch in that situation guaranteed he's going to score like you don't have to be a football scholar to understand that marshawn lynch is actually not the preeminent goal line back For in that Sean. season he was very unsuccessful yes. on one yard goal
0: line yes runs. i actually think i saw once that he didn't
1: and have I've, a single touchdown that, from that's, a one a, yard line. that's a lot of what i hear from people's oh he was on fire that game you just give him the ball and he's gonna get in because it's the super bowl and he's marshawn lynch And I love Marshawn Lynch. I think he's amazing. However, I just, we've seen it. We even just saw it recently with him joining the Seahawks in the playoffs. I mean, it's hard to... the ball in a goal line situation and he's not automatic. I do
0: have to point out that arguing 2020 Marshawn to 2014 Marshawn is not fair. I just think what we witnessed there was... Quite simply, the greatest defensive play in football history. Thousand percent. Malcolm Butler not only was able to read the play, dive in there, not only just get his hands on the ball, but rip the ball out and
1: keep it. Absolutely astounding athletic achievement. Also, because he knew it was coming because of the organization that he played in and his coach being Bill Belichick and him being ultimately prepared for that moment in that situation. He was coached well for that, yeah. Him recognizing in that moment before they even snapped the ball what was happening. He had to have, yeah. And and here's the other thing is that that play that was ran, that inside slant, is not an uncommon play in that situation for a very specific reason. It's really hard to defend. And what happened in this situation was Malcolm Butler just jumped the route. He knew it was coming beforehand. So let's say on second down, if you're stopped running the ball, you now have no timeouts on third down or fourth down. So really what Pete Carroll was doing in that situation by passing the ball was he was setting himself up for if we don't succeed on this high percentage play, on third down with one timeout, we actually have the entire playbook open to us. Exactly.
0: When Pete was asked about it after the game, he said, we were gonna throw on one of those downs. We thought we would get it there because the prevalent thought was, if it didn't work, it was a common play. If it is defended well, Mm -hmm. it's almost always knocked down. Mm -hmm. I looked into it 66 times that year. Coaches in the NFL threw on first and goal. Not once was it intercepted. That was a freak incident. I would say like a one in 900 shot that it would actually be picked up or, so you add to your point if it was actually just knocked down boom couple seconds off the clock they didn't want to give Brady too much time on the other end stops. so that was the great time to do that run yeah. a couple of seconds off of it you keep your time out if you don't get in a third and down you have and you, you have the whole playbook open to yes.
1: you now you keep calling it a freak play I personally don't think it was a freak play at all because he read it right because he was coach which yeah. leads to my unpopular opinion Tom Brady Not the GOAT. He is the benefactor of what has become the greatest system in all of the NFL over now two decades. And that play actually was a perfect example of that because the way I look at it, and I always make this joke to people and they, oh my god, are you really saying this? Tom no, Brady? Juan, Juan has been waiting I, to make this case on the podcast Tom since Brady, we started it. Tom <laughs> He's been Brady Brady waiting to get his Tom Brady piece Tom in. Tom Brady is a Hall of Fame kicker away from going down in history as a backup from Michigan. <laughs> he really is. Oh my he is the guy who, when the coin fell on one side, he was always on the winning side of it. And, not I anymore, get, not anymore. and I get there's greatness that you need to attain and to you, you need to reach in order to even be in that situation And then also for him to capitalize on it But we I feel have not really ever seen any athlete who's been in so many situations Where you could literally flip a coin on what the result of that one play could have been and that one person happened to just be on the winning side of it so damn much. And now here's the other thing. It's not even, if we don't even wanna talk about the luck factor in it, I've always argued that really the reason the Patriots have been so great has been because of Bill Belichick and not Tom Brady. This is a chicken or the egg conversation. And somehow, some way, everybody just defaults to Tom Brady's the GOAT, Tom Brady's the GOAT, Tom Brady's the GOAT. However, dude, the Patriots went eleven and five one year without Tom Brady. They went eleven and five with Matt Cassel. That's insane. No, that they were that good. They were a good team under yeah, they, Matt Cassel. The pieces have been there, yeah. So they went three and one with Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Brissett. And, and that averages out to a seven fifty winning percentage over twenty games without Tom Brady in two decades. That's Pretty darn good.
0: And that's why I'm actually hoping that we can finally see Brady and Belichick on separate sides of the field because I would love to see what both of them can do without each other. I yeah. think we're all do that, you know?
1: I just think Bill Belichick is so- so far above he's, and beyond. He's the everybody best coach else. in NFL Series. And Tom Brady
0: is a great quarterback. I do always say that Tom Brady has found himself in the best situation that any quarterback 100%. can be. I also will say, I don't think you can quite use the coin flip thing because there's something to be said when somebody has found their way onto the right side of the coin flip. Yes. As yes, yes, much yes, as yes, he yes, has yes, in the big games. Yes, yes, yes. And I acknowledge that. So, I acknowledge yeah, that, you did. Like, you you best still have that. to
1: capitalize on that. But, but, I just but think he's that a big it, game. It so happens. he comes
0: up in big games. It does but come it up. It
1: happened so much. What it really started with, obviously, was the the tuck roll. It started oh with god. it You've started trying with so hard to work the t- started with <laughs> it started with what was a blatant fumble. Oh my god. No, segment. I'm not going to let our Super That's Bowl discussion fine. get I'm into the. I'm just saying. Talk. I'm just saying No, you can't, I know you're going you to argue that work wasn't a fumble. Enough. Okay, without that, that play he never wins his that, first Super Bowl. Okay. Without Adam Vinatieri, without Adam And without without
0: that play he doesn't win six Super Bowls, right? Without
1: Adam Vinatieri, okay. he doesn't win his first three.
0: It does help to have a great kicker. But
1: here's the other thing. The fact is he had his teammate in position
0: to win that many times. Yeah. Uh,
1: however, he wasn't given Adam Vinatieri chip shot field goals to win those games. In fact, that very first one against the Rams, I mean, he had to kick like two, maybe 350 plus yard field goals just to keep them alive. I did see that recently playoffs.
0: though. I had forgotten because I was so young when I watched that, but the announcers as the Patriots took the ball in the last possession were literally saying like, you just got to play for overtime here. They, like, don't even risk it. Like, of course that goes to Belichick too. But the fact is he was... A first-year quarterback who had only played a few games, mm-hmm. the fact that he was able to make a couple of big plays to even get them in field yeah, goal range I mean, at the end of the Super Bowl, that showed that he had something more than just a system guy. I'm going to give him more a credit than that. Quarterback. I will not argue against the fact that he has been put in the best position of any he's player in biggest, NFL history. the
1: biggest system benefactor in the history of the game.
0: Yeah, That's fair. On that note, let me jump into the next one. Joe Namath. Probably shouldn't be a legend. He's just a guy who was on a team who won a big game in a Super Bowl. It
1: depends that on how you look at it. He's a
0: benefactor of the media running wild mm-hmm. in early Super Bowl days, to which at that point, nobody could have actually really predicted what the Super Bowl was to become. In fact, that win, the fact that it then justified the AFL at the time. What was that, Super Bowl three? Super Bowl three, when Joe Namath... Predicted. Guaranteed a win, yeah. and then they beat the Colts. And then they went First on of him. all, I'm pretty sure he was just asked if he guaranteed it, and he was just he was like 23. Years he was a young yeah, yeah. party boy, New we're, Yorker, we're, uh, yeah. He, he, of course, is gonna be like, Yeah, I guarantee it. First of all, guarantees me nothing because nobody ever nobody calls name, you on it. If name you don't one call person group. that you've ever heard known for calling a guarantee that didn't work out. Shit happens all the time. People always say, Yeah, I guarantee it because yeah, the yeah. media likes to pick yeah, yeah. that up. Cowboy they fans will,
1: get Super Bowl. Insert whichever Super Bowl this year winner tattoos all the time. Oh Yeah, and And there's a
0: lot of people with bad Cowboy tattoos and bad Super Bowl tattoos in general. And here's the thing that somehow is always lost when we talk about that game. Johnny Unitas was barely capable of playing. Mm -hmm. That early Baltimore Colts team, one of the early great teams in football, their quarterback was, I don't even think he was playing up until that game. He was super injured. Mm Mm-hmm. The Jets have
1: never won another Super Bowl, have they? That's the no, Super Bowl No, no, no. That's the only time so, the Jets won, which is so a big one, part of that, I think. Here's the deal. It's, it's the New York Jets. Right. It's, and he's Broadway Joe. So really the infatuation, the inf- uh, the affection towards Broadway Joe Namath. It's the bigger-than-life persona that came with it. It's just like if Mark Sanchez had done the same thing for right. the Jets. He had the
0: persona that it, they wanted at that time, and it worked out perfectly because it just led persona, to the merger. It's the merger. persona
1: that still continues to tell a good story. Right. Especially because it was just Super just Bowl a good three, story. It's and up until a good that story.
0: point, Super Bowls were just nothing at that point. It was like, oh, they're gonna play each other, and the Packers are obviously the better team, and yeah. they're gonna blow out the other team, and like, the NFL AFL was not really respected at that point. He gave them credibility, which led to the merger, which led to what the NFL is today. Mm-hmm. So it works out in history sense. It's just the perfect storytelling device so, that everybody loves to use. But however, the fact is, Joe Namath, very average quarterback, that just happened to play a game against a team that had an injury. I just looked it up. Johnny Unitas missed nine games leading up to oh. it That because he was injured. So imagine... Getting the Colts in the Super Bowl during the Peyton Manning era, and Peyton Manning is coming back from missing nine games. But let of me injury. point
1: out something that like would you, not be overlooked. The NFL has lived on as long as it has, and this game has become what it is because literally the best professional advice I've ever been given was by a guy who's now at ESPN, Michael Eaves. This is when I was still working in sports broadcasting. I was hosting a local television show as the local sports anchor, and he said to me, Not everybody likes sports. Everybody loves a good story. Yep. And you just said to yourself, what Joe Namath did in Super Bowl III elevated the game to a level that nobody knew what the Super Bowl was going to become, but the Super Bowl started evolving into a spectacle from that point because it supersedes the actual game on the field. It's some, a lot of people who don't necessarily appreciate the game of football, but they appreciate the Super Bowl for the spectacle that it is. It, Joe Namath was really the turning point in making all of that possible. From just a historical storytelling perspective, Joe Namath, properly rated. As a player, very average though. And he's de- he
0: tends to be remembered as one of the legendary quarterbacks, and he was subpar. He was basically like Vinny Testaverde Mm -hmm. at the right time. And for a city that is starved for another star, and because he's all they've gotten, they always got to go back to him. And you're right, right place, right time. He was at the beginning of the Super Bowl era that needed a big game, of which his outcome ended up altering the history of how the NFL and the Super Bowl has done. So I'm not going to deny the fact that the game was legendary, the moment was legendary. The guarantee ended up being legendary. I'm just saying, Joe Namath himself, mm, not as legendary as players. Everybody likes to remember. That's my call. Okay. We need to get
1: over the '85 Bears. We need to get over the '85 Bears already. It's on par with uh, with you people hearkening back to Kirk Gibson rounding first base in the. Oh my God! God, Stop making (laughs) this about the Dodgers.
0: One thing let's get through without you dragging the Dodgers up. And you bring up their good moments, too. It's
1: fucking insane. I know, and you get upset about them because you know I'm right. Because we're talking about football today. How are you possibly bringing up the Dodgers many times? Connecting the dots. Man, somehow the 85 Bears, and this goes back to exactly how we started this podcast, just how far one ring can get you. Not just as a player, but... As an organization, the sad truth is the Bears still build their entire organization around that blueprint. Defense wins championships. Soldier
0: Field, right? The Hatless family.
1: Yeah, and and the game. Dick Butkus. The game is nothing. The the game is nothing like the game was in 1985. But somehow, some way, for whatever reason, the Chicago Bears and their fans love to just hang on to that that image of. Hard-nosed football, three yards and a, and a pile of dust. What is it? Three yards and a cloud of dust? Is that the saying? I don't know. Three yards and a cloud of dust Do you football? need me to point out I, why?
0: I think it's because the Bears have literally never had a good quarterback in their entire history. I, I think, think, it's, think it's, it's
1: more about that and I, that they've, the defense is all they have to hang However, on to. because there's this attachment to what the Bears did in 1985, winning that championship, the way that they won it, because it was such a phenomenon in just one year, that entire organization still tries to live by that same persona. They still try to live by that same image, and therefore they try to build their team in that same way, and it doesn't work for them because the game is not the same game. And so they, as an organization, are left behind. Because they're trying to win a certain way that they cannot actually win. Okay, but I
0: think you're making this too much about the Bears' history and less about the actually 85 Bears. Like,
1: Mm-mm. let me Mm-mm. just
0: point Mm-mm. out, the 85 Bears were a dominant team, very much defensive-based. They had one of the most epic seasons in NFL history. My And point they is steamrolled their, the, the Super Bowl. But my so point, where's your my argument point, against them? Because my
1: point is that their insistence on hanging on to that history... That's all they got. It's like the it's, Jets with name a, it's, a chicken or the, it's a chicken or the egg. They're trying to recreate that. They're not just trying to win for the sake of winning, they're trying to win like the 85 Bears did it. Go with what's worked, I don't know. They wouldn't drafted Mitch Trubisky. He's garbage. I know, but that doesn't
0: necessarily speak to them trying to win like the 85 Bears. That's but My point
1: is, is that they, they still can't even- They would have gone with even... Solomon
0: Thomas if that was
1: They the case. still can't even figure out how to put together a decent offensive team because they're so stuck in the fact that 35 years ago, we were really great on defense, so we're only focused on doing that and doing that. Why
0: does that mean that we should forget what was a great defensive team? Because I think we
1: need to flip our perspective because everybody still hangs on to how great that team was and we are so far removed from it now that I'm just tired of hearing those Three words, 85 Bears. Right, okay, I think the connection
0: between the last two ones that we've just discussed are both that these are legendary long-time organizations in huge market cities in which that was really the only team they've ever had that was successful. Good point. So, the Jets always still hang on to the Joe Namath guarantee because that's the last time they won the Super Bowl. The big-time Chicago sports fans love to still bring up the 85 Bears because that was the last time they won the Super Bowl. But I will point this out about the 85 Bears – they had swag for days. We love teams with personalities. Those are the ones that stand the test of time. And they had swag for days, including perhaps the best moment in Super Bowl history. You really think that was the best moment? It was up there. And I think that brings us to thing number three. Thing number three.
2: Number three. Number
0: three. And that means it's time to do a classic version of Break Down This Song. And there's really no better song we could possibly do for the Super Bowl special than that very Chicago Bears of 85's Super Bowl Shuffle. Hmm. I don't know, man. You already done that? I'm not sold. You're already not sold? I'm not sold. We are the bears
2: shuffling through. down.
0: it for you. Dude, they're shuffling it all down and doing it for you. What what more could you have? Like you knew we would. Confident as fuck. Yeah. Right off the get-go. Like they knew they would do.
1: We're not here to start no trouble. Just to the Super Bowl Shuffle Well, they call me Sweetness, and I like the dance the Sweetness, bars, Ra-
0: Walter Payton Walter Payton We
1: had the goals since training camp To give Chicago a Super Bowl champ And we're not doing this because we're greedy The Bears are doing it to feed the needy. We didn't come here to look for trouble We just come here to do the Super Bowl Shuffle I feel like that's not really a hot take We're not here to look for trouble We just came to do the Super Bowl Shuffle It's, it's a little meek, but it rhymes, though he and said something a- about feeding the needy.
0: Yeah, because they didn't come to be too greedy.
1: Yeah, I don't know why. I don't, I don't get that. This was a problem with hip-hop music in 1985, was that people just threw in things that rhymed for the sake of... That was
0: that in. was the 80s, bro. That's, was, that's the 80s rap. You've got to think literally about... Literally just... In 19... 19- what
1: rhymes with purple? Whatever word we can think of, let's just Nurple. throw it in there. So think about this, in
0: 1985, where was rap at? It was literally, like, a few years old, mm-hmm. and the rap that we had was not nearly as intricate as- It was as this. That. It was this. The rap that we it had was this. It was a this. keyboard back like, give me a beat. And da, a couple of claps.
1: And then you just kind of made things rhyme. It didn't matter what they were saying. I know, but I'm still hung up on that. I don't think any one of these people were playing the game at this point in their life to feed the needy. It's disingenuous, that's all I'm saying. Because they weren't there to cause no trouble. They He's were just there. The to do the Super okay, Bowl. That's shuffle. what you're saying. This
2: is Will, and I'm I like Willie Gall. Willie Golf, Willie Gall, Eddie oh, Will. I gotta get ready for the Sunday fight. Now I'm as smooth as a, swirl. I dance a little funky, so watch me girl. You know,
1: I feel like all they're doing is just saying things. Yeah, that's gonna be the song huh. about football. Just under
0: just under in rhythm. Saying, it's important that you got that out of the way now, because that's <laughs> Yeah, that's what I this song realized. is. That's what the Super Bowl shuffle is. Congratulations, you figured it out. I don't like it. It's Super Bowl season, so we gotta listen to it. There's no one here that
2: doesn't like me. My Super Bowl shuffle will set you free.
0: The Super Bowl shuffle will set you free, Ron. What do you think he meant by that? My Super Bowl
1: shuffle will set you free. I think it meant that this rhymed. So let's put it in there. <laughs> the person who wrote the song oh, said, "Man, I feel like that might have been a little innuendo." What do you right think? I think he was trying to be flirtatious with the ladies? It, they're all—all
0: all of this is flirtatious. Didn't he not just say, "I dance all night"?
1: Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. I'm
2: Samurai uh, Mike.
1: Mike Singletary's up. I want to get into Mike Singletary. I know you. We're gonna let you have your, your Mike Singletary moment. Right. Samurai Mike, bro. We're, currently only listening to this and breaking down the lyrics. I feel like we need to watch this. Oh, you're right, we do. Because we're I kind of want to know it. what the Super Bowl shuffle actually That's right, that was what we were supposed to do. We're dance on all- There's your boy. I've been jamming for quite a
2: while, doing what's right and setting aside. Give me a chance, I'll rock you good. Nobody met in my neighborhood. Okay. didn't come here looking for trouble. I just came the You know what I love oh my about God, all of that? that was the best what I love about 80s. all of
1: that is that now that in hindsight, knowing who the Mike Singletary is. Yes. Because we didn't grow up with Mike Singletary. I did. He was bit. he was a little bit before our time. No, as a player, yeah. As and a then player, I, I grew up with him as a coach. And then United. we knew what, we we know him more as as the guy who was a not very successful coach, but yeah, but he a was hell of a personality. He
0: was a head coach that you knew was in the league. Like yes. he made his presence felt. Can't win with him. Can't play with him. Can't do it. Can't do it. Yeah, we all That's remember Mike Singletary. Mike Singletary, right? He was also the guy who when the Niners started out zero and five, guaranteed a playoff berth, which. I will also point out was when the NFC West was by far the worst division in the NFL. So and it wasn't didn't that the
1: Seahawks go on to, to, to make the playoffs 7-9? with a seven nine record also yeah. historic?
0: So it wasn't that bad of a prediction. But that was how he was. He was a bold, headstrong coach born out of this hard knocks, Chicago Bears 85 style. That verse right there points out one of the very interesting things about what this team was. It was a combination of this old-school Chicago football style that Mike Singletary and Buddy Ryan brought to the table as the defensive coordinator combined with this magnificent swag that grabbed everybody's attention and that is completely on display here with the Super
1: Bowl shuffle. I just think it's funny that we saw... Uh, To start off this song, we saw Walter Payton, and we saw Sweetness. Mm -hmm. We saw Speedy Will. Willie Gall. Willie Gall. And both of them were two-stepping the whole time they were Mm -hmm. doing their thing. They were standing in front of the mic. Yeah, you really need to watch. They're two-stepping. You you need to be as as stiff as Mike Singletary's words are. (laughs) his presence is he tries to use his arms and with every single bit and Mike like singletary gets on the mic and guaranteed he did not move his feet one time and, and then you know what not, you know what rest. else I guarantee that that was take 58 <laughs> I guarantee
0: you, as many times as he was willing to do. And he wore his trademark, and he wore his trademark glasses. And he has his glasses on, and as many times as he was willing to do, until he finally said, I'm done, I'm done, fuck this. Won't do it. That's
1: the last one you're gonna (laughs) do. Can't do it. hold on. Hold on, hold on.
0: Are you gonna make a cowbell reference? Uh, we right have now? to make a cowbell reference, yeah, right? There's a few cowbells in there. How?
1: How? But there's
0: actually a good amount of cowbell in the song.
1: But too. how low on the totem pole do you have to be, as far as the team dynamic goes, to be the guy that when it's like, hey, it's early December, we're calling our shot, because when did this this was released, this, we just December looked at number third. This was put out December third, 1985, means, which actually means they recorded it
0: early in the, like at least a few weeks before that. So think about that it was this was put out midway through the season. It was recorded midway through. The, the game
1: season. is not played until at that point end of January early February, right? Yeah,
0: that's the astounding thing. So the fact that the like the this cockiness. like if they had not won this year, this would have been the most re- the fact that they're calling it the Super Bowl shuffle before they even got this... I don't think it would have
1: been the most ridiculous thing cuz I'm sure we could probably dig up
0: No, no, no. Other things that teams have done. This was the 80s. The 80s, there's several examples of teams doing music videos like this. This isn't the only one. But what I'm saying is that it's called the Super Bowl shuffle. So they're calling their shot that they're going to be in the Super Bowl at least. And they were doing it in mid-November. Like, think about the NFL landscape now. What team maybe ever? Mid November. Maybe mid-November.
1: Maybe mid-November. They might maybe. have been doing. They might have filmed this in September.
0: Nah, because the team 10. built the swagger that season. If you watch like a documentary of the team, like by the end of Frigerator Perry was a, a rookie going into the season, and by the time it was like late October, he was like a celebrity. So it was, had to be around that time when they're really picking up because that was when everybody was like, "Oh shit, the Bears—they got some swagger." Okay. We're
1: just
0: super bowl
1: Yes. Move those dance moves. Okay, oh, Jim McMahon is a hundred percent green screened wow. into this shot. <laughs> Jim McMahon Jim did
0: McMahon, not show up. Jim Jim McMahon slept in for the shoot. Jim McMahon did not make call time. Does he rap wait, I think I, I feel like we gotta be getting to his rap When I hit the
2: turf, I've got no plan. I just throw my I like to tease. I play so cool, I aim to please. That's why
0: you all got here on the double. To catch me doing a Super Bowl shuffle. A
1: mama's boy Otis. I don't... Real quick, did you just call him Supermama's boy Otis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know about the play call with Jim McMahon wearing the, uh... <laughs> The sunglasses. The shades. The the, the sunglasses. Jim McMahon has some eye issues, though. Like, he he, has to wear sunglasses. Oh, I didn't know that.
0: If you haven't noticed, in the past, like, 20 years, you won't find him without sunglasses.
1: So that's why it's his, like, signature look.
0: But it works with the Super Bowl shuffle, though. Because, you know. I know, but just looking at it. I think it's more that him clearly uh, green-screened in is more the issue, but... That That's a body When
2: Some class. boy, Oh
0: yeah <laughs> Oh man, the air sacks Is he really playing that? Nobody is actually playing any real instruments at this Are you point? sure? Yes. I don't think uh, Refrigerator Perry knows how to play uh, a Psycho. Hold
1: on, what if that was really what was going on here all this time? If this team actually performed all of the... (laughs) I don't know where you're going. The musical score? They definitely did not provide the music. What if they did though? They did. What if they did? What if that was the charm all along? Was that these guys were really they're breaking it down. They're actually a low key jazz band in an underground Chi Town jazz club. Exactly, scene. 16 bar saxophone. <laughs> Maybe that's what was really going on here. <laughs> they were running train in the Chi Town night scene, they were not practicing their sex. Wait a second. Who is that?
2: No Who's number four?
1: Who is that? Look that uh, Is he's got to be either a kicker that, or a he looks backup like a quarterback? He won thousand. percent looks like a kicker. No, no, because
0: he said, "If Jimbo can't get it, I sure can." I'm pretty sure that's a backup quarterback. Yeah, no, that's definitely a backup quarterback. Roster.
1: number four. Know, Wikipedia. Sucks. Number four.
0: You know what? I no, nah, that was before Harbaugh's time.
1: Yeah. I'm really intrigued by this right
0: now. No, they just gave the backup quarterback uh, a verse. I think is what just happened. I mean, there he is. Number four, Steve Fuller, quarterback.
1: Yeah, it's Steve Fuller. It was the backup, backup QB. quarterback from Clemson. He was 28 matter. years old at the time. Nothing else matters at no, this no, point. No, no, no. was the backup
0: quarterback. There are definitely,
1: he played in five games that year? Is they that what that gave sense? the backup quarterback. No, 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 no hold back. Did he really play in five games that year? Game started. Yeah, I guess he did. Game started five. All right, so that gives so us he wasn't tread. really the backup quarterback. Well, no, he
0: was. I I assume that means Jim McMahon was hurt for a few games, which gives him cred to be able to say if Jimbo can't do it, I sure can't. But at least he knows his place. No, 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 wait. You know what? Stop it. I'm super You don't like that. You don't like, the, you don't like shout out to Halas. No, 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 no. That wasn't it. It just occurred to me how fucked up it is. I don't care that he played a few games. You're doing a rap in the '80s. You got like three white guys in the roster, and you give an entire verse to the backup QB. The refrigerator Perry. He couldn't get in there. Didn't he have a verse? He hasn't I feel yet. Like he did. You couldn't even give Manga McMichael. No, 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 no. You couldn't give Leslie Frazier. Let's for I'm L.A. Mike and I play it cool. They don't sneak by me cause I'm no fool. I can break them and shake them any time a day. I do like that stage though. Please don't try to beat my hustle. i I'm just here to do I will say this. That was my favorite lead into the rhyme of uh, Super Bowl Shuffle. Please don't there's try to beat my hustle.
1: There's Mike again. There he is there's, right there. There's Fridge. There's Fridge. We're not here to start yeah, so you know. Him. Yeah.
0: At this, at this verse, it feels like they're just kind of like running out of steam a little bit. But though, this actually, it? this
1: actually goes to show you something right here. I, I made a comment about this potentially being recorded as early as September, as you pointed out. Refrigerator Perry was starting to gain some steam. Yeah, by the ed- headlines. He was a rookie at the beginning of the season. By this point he was like the star of the team. By this point in December, he was the star of the team. But by this point, when they recorded this Oh, song, maybe he wasn't
0: like the... the he's he not even
1: getting any credit. And
0: they stiffed him for the backup quarterback.
1: Exactly. Who,
0: at that point, probably hadn't started five games. Exactly.
1: So I'm still
0: mad that they give Steve I Fuller a full I think that they verse.
1: recorded this fresh at a training camp.
0: Which, hey, dude, fucking swag, it's swag, it's swag as hell. Bowl Bowl. Here, here, and i They call me hip-man. don't
1: know what they mean. They grow as long
2: and watch me run. I'm on my man. one unlocked. But these guys cover it down to the bone. That's why they call us from
1: the 46 zone. Come on everybody. Hey, right. did he just talk about 46 zone in a rap song
0: in 1985? Yeah, cause it's a football team rapping about football. That's what's happening. Also, his verse was eight bars too long. I don't know why he got so much time. Too many white guys on the track bears. We're
2: do the soul, then ring your bell.
0: There he is, there's fridge. Oh, fridge. Okay, okay, maybe okay, building it up. Killed. Looking at the freest,
2: I'm the rich. Amazing.
0: But I'm no dumb there we go. Okay, wait. I think okay. I see what the problem is. Pass, we'll He's actually very bad at rapping. The others,
2: they all learn from
1: me. Uh-huh. I didn't come here for a I just There
0: we go. And shuffling crew. Oh dude, working the Ramos. We are All right, <sighs> so many opinions about this.
1: I don't know what to think about it. I, I gotta say, I don't say, really have any strong feelings. I just,
0: if you could wrap the '80s up in a tiny music video nutshell, I feel like that would be one of the nutshells that you could wrap it into. All of it, the the cheesy music video aspect the poor green screening, the keyboard hip hop dance mix with very unclever rhymes on top of it, just passed off as a rap, the dance moves, the fact that it's the 85 Bears, everything about it I think is just as 80s as it gets. The fact that it was dead center in the middle of the 80s and the fact that it was a time when an NFL team could put this out midway through the season and not get killed for it. Do you even know, can you even imagine if a team dared put this out, even if they recorded it and put it out Super Bowl week now, mm-hmm. if the Niners put that video out this week, I would be mortified. I'd be like, holy fuck, we just dug an epic grave that we a, might never- a, That's curse shit. That's the kind a, of shit if the Niners put that out right now, I'd be like, we just cursed easy, ourselves for a life.
1: very easy explanation for that. It was the 80s? You do anything now. When you do anything that's recorded, it's worldwide, right? That means everything is fair game as far as news goes. There's no such thing as a local market anymore. Whereas, when the Bears made this, I guarantee some, like, marketing person had the idea to make that, and it was all about getting Chicago pumped up for the season. And that was their objective. So it was the 80s. And, yeah, it was the 80s. I mean, it was a different time, right? This shit flew back then. I guarantee that song went out in early December of 1980. It probably hit top 10 on the billboards. They were probably playing that shit on the radio at the time. Just by virtue of the way that news was spread, it did not become a national phenomenon on December 3rd of 1985 in the way that it would today. Things happen now that become instant national and global headlines. Yeah, no, it's definitely- Back then, that did not happen. We either not way, spread.
0: it took an insane amount of confidence swag to put that out and like know that everybody was going to see it, including your opponents, and not give a fuck and just be like, yeah, we're going to run the Super Bowl, who gives a shit. We already know it. If they hadn't pulled that off, we would look at that 85 Bears to your last point, Completely different light. They could be looked at as one of the most ridiculously underperforming teams of all time with that as their hallmark. Also, bring back full circle having one ring. That team only won one ring. Yep, that and that's it. all it took to validate that. But if they hadn't won that one ring, not only would the 85 Bears be looked at as one of the teams that were all-time, didn't get it done, but they'd be one of the biggest laughingstocks in NFL history because 100%. they put that shit out. Yeah. So...
1: I think that instead the Bears are the laughing stock of the NFL now.
0: Oh, For a few years. They're I actually would argue because of the what the 85 Bears did. They have given that team a decent amount of clout still, still to this
1: day still somehow by Somehow
0: then, to this day they're still known. And Mike Ditka is still remembered as a great coach, uh, even though his defensive coordinator was really I, the motor that made an engine go.
1: Personally, I think it was the sweater vest, but you could say what you
0: want well, to say. Well, that was part of why we we love Ditka for many reasons. And his ability to coach, I think, is often overlooked because we love the sweater vest, the voice, the demeanor. The glasses. Yeah, all the, the shit mustache. he brought to the table. Anyways, I gotta say, you know what? Listening to back to it, I can jam to that. I, as bad as the rap is, as cheesy as it is, I just love me some good old-fashioned... 80s cheese, and I love myself some good old-fashioned football history. So the combination of the two, seeing the guys like Mike Singletary, Walter Payton, Refrigerator Perry, get down on the rep, Samurai Mike, whoever the fuck that backup quarterback was that got a whole verse, (laughs) Steve Fuller, I'm still going to fight them on that. I don't know. You didn't have another linebacker that was back there doing the shuffle that couldn't get a line in? Come on, he probably could have used that. Another defensive end. He could have used the rub. Anyways, that alone actually just validated their whole... That's all I needed to see as the argument as to why the 85 Bears are not overrated myself. So, they are absolutely I just, overrated. I just combated your last one absolutely with that Absolutely overrated. Round. That's the beauty thing about 80s rap. Everybody sees it differently. That being said, we are all out of time on the Finally. Super Bowl special. Thank you for hanging with us. I don't know exactly what the full running time of this, but I'm sure it is way too long. You're listening to this, <laughs> and by now it's Super Bowl Monday. I <laughs> hoped you appreciated this edition of 39 things we got to talk about. <laughs> Super Bowl edition. 39 things. With that being said, I hope Thing you all... 39. <laughs> Enjoy yourself this Super Bowl Sunday.
1: Go Niners.
0: Go Niners. We are out of here.